Welcome to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word, or you can find me at my personal account, Stace Gotts, S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S, because my full name is too long. Anyway, you can tweet questions or comments to either account, and I will answer them as best as I can. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. We are right around the corner from spring training. The light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and brighter. We're only about two weeks away. February is on Saturday. We're almost there. It's so exciting. It feels like this offseason was three years long. And January, which still isn't over, feels like it was at least two of those three years. So... Very excited. There's not a lot of stuff going on in Yankee land, some drips and drabs, so we'll get into that. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. There are plenty of places. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Yankees. Before I begin... I haven't spoken about this yet because this is my first episode of the week. We will be doing today, tomorrow, and Friday. And then starting Monday, it'll be five days a week until the end of the season, whenever that is. Hopefully it'll be after the World Series ends and the Yankees are champions. I digress. The big news, obviously, this week is the death of Kobe Bryant and eight others in a horrific helicopter crash, including his daughter Gianna including John Altabelli, who was the baseball coach at a college in Southern California. He also coached in the Cape Cod League. He was Aaron Judge's coach for a while. Just sad news all around, shocking news on Sunday when it all first came to light, especially with the way it happened. Saturday night, LeBron James passed Kobe on the all-time scoring list. Kobe tweeted at him, congratulations. Kobe was trending that night along with LeBron James. And about 12 hours later, 14 hours later, something like that, the news came out that Kobe Bryant was killed. And then he was trending again, obviously, on Twitter because it was just such a shocking It just didn't seem, it still doesn't seem real. It's Wednesday. This happened on Sunday. It still doesn't seem real. And for everyone in LA, Kobe Bryant is basically their Derek Jeter. He's the one who helped the Lakers return to their glory days, winning a bunch of championships, being the face of the franchise. And it's just horrifying the amount of loss that happened in that crash. I don't know how his wife is getting through this, losing her husband, who she's been with since high school, losing her daughter, the other families, you know, um, a mother, a father and a daughter were killed. A mother and a daughter were killed. Um, A coach that Kobe worked with, Christina Hauser, She leaves behind a family. The pilot leaves behind a family. 
it's these kinds of events that make you really take stock in what you have in your life and make you realize how quickly everything can be taken away. So if you're feeling some kind of way about Kobe Bryant, whatever it is, don't feel like your feelings are invalid. You can be upset about this. You know, a lot of people are doing that typical, oh, you're only upset because he's famous. Well, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we're upset for everyone. I mean, it, to be to be truthful here, to be completely transparent and open with all of you, as sad as it was to hear that he died in the copter crash, when I heard that his daughter was killed and that two of her friends were killed at 13 years old, your life hasn't even begun at 13. You know, when you are 13, you feel like you're so old and you're finally a teenager and you know, you almost feel like you're an adult, but you're not. You're still a kid. And you have so much ahead of you at 13. There were lots of tributes to both Kobe and Gianna. Gianna was following in her father's footsteps. She played basketball and she looked so good at it. All the videos that I've seen of her, she emulated her father. She had a fadeaway jump shot at 12 years old. She had plans to play in the WNBA. She wanted to go to UConn. And that's not happening now. It's, it's just so sad. It really is. So my thoughts and prayers go out to all the families affected by this. It's just, it's so tragic. And again, anything you're feeling about it is valid. Don't think that you're overreacting or underreacting. However you feel is how you feel. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. Okay, now that I've calmed down, we can get into some Yankees news. Not that there's a lot, but as I said at the top of the show, we are in the home stretch. We're almost at spring training. Pitchers and catchers report in just about two weeks, so we're nearly there. The Yankees signed Josh Tolley to a minor league deal. He has not played since 2016, but they expect him to compete with Eric Kratz and Chris Iannetta to be the next guy up in case Gary Sanchez and Kyle Higashioka are injured. Hopefully 2020 won't be a repeat of 2019. As I've mentioned in a podcast earlier this month, the Yankees revamped their strength and conditioning department. So hopefully we will not have a repeat of 2019 in 2020. And no offense to Josh Tolley, Eric Kratz and Chris Iannetta, but I hope I never see them. <laughs> I know it would be nice for them to make it up to the major league level, but if they do, that means something seriously wrong with Sanchez or Higashioka. So again, no offense, guys, but I'd rather you stay in the minor leagues. So some details came out a few days ago about Garrett Cole's meeting with the Yankees and Andy Pettit's role. I told you guys Andy Pettit was going to land Garrett Cole. I knew it. 
The meeting with the Yankees and Cole lasted five hours. This is according to NewJersey.com. Because Cole kept asking and asking pettic questions about what it's like to be a Yankee and play in New York. And then when they were all ready to leave, Cole and Pettit chatted alone for 20 minutes. So again, thank you, Andy Pettit, for playing a big role in landing Garrett Cole. I mean, obviously, the money also played a role, but I'd like to think that Garrett Cole being able to speak to a childhood hero about what it's like to be a Yankee was a big factor in his decision making. And how cool must that have been? Think about your childhood hero and think about being in a meeting with him or her for hours and being able to pick their brain. That's got to be the coolest thing. I'm trying to think, who was my childhood hero? Did I have a childhood hero? Well, I mean, if I were able to be in a meeting with Don Mattingly for five hours, I would be thrilled. He was my, he was it for me when I was a kid. He really was a big reason why I became such a big Yankee fan. He was just so great to watch. You know, a lot of people think of Mattingly only as the manager now. And that's a shame because he was such a good player during his peak. His peak that was too short. Damn it. I get so angry thinking about how his career turned out and thinking about how much greater it could have been if he didn't hurt his back. But I digress. Again, thank you, Andy Pettit, for landing Garrett Cole. And speaking of Garrett Cole, he attended Orange Coast College's opener just two days after they lost their coach in the helicopter crash. He didn't know John Altabelli. He never played for John Altabelli. But he crossed paths with John's oldest son, JJ, when both Cole and JJ played in the Pac-12. Cole was at UCLA. Altabelli was at Oregon. So Cole showed up just because he wanted to show some support. Which I think is amazing. Garrett Cole seems like a really good guy. A really thoughtful guy. You could see that in his introductory press conference at Yankee Stadium. I think the Yankees are lucky to have him. I think the community that the Yankees serve when they do charitable events will be lucky to have him. He just seems like an all-around good guy. And I think that was very nice what he did. And now I realized that I mispronounced John Altobelli's name in the first part of the podcast. So I apologize for that. I don't know why. I thought it was Bello at the end. It's Belly. And as I said at the top, John Altabelli coached Aaron Judge in the Cape Cod League back in 2012. Aaron Judge tweeted on Sunday after he found out the news. I believe it said this can't be real. Some people thought it was about Kobe, but then we found out that Altabelli was... Aaron Judge's coach. I believe he also coached Jeff McNeil. So again, a lot of people were affected by this helicopter crash, not just in the basketball community, but in the baseball community as well. Earlier today, new caps by New Era were unveiled, and they are horrible. (laughs) They really are. If you 
have the chance to look them up. It's, I, ugh. the Yankee hats have the Statue of Liberty and an apple on them. The Statue of Liberty is next to the iconic interlocking NY on the front, and the apple is on the back of the hat. They did this for every team. Philadelphia has the Liberty Bell on the front and a cheesesteak on the back. The Dodgers, I can't remember what they have on the front, but there's a taco on the back. <laughs> I don't know who thought of doing these hats, but they are horrendous. All of them. And I believe the Mets hat is the same as the Yankees hat. They have the Statue of Liberty and an apple. I mean, they couldn't come up with something different for each New York team. Seriously. And I'm not one of those people who's against non-traditional hats. I think most of you would be horrified to know that I have two hats that have flowers on them along with the interlocking NY. I have one cap that's completely floral. It's white with lots of pink and yellow and green with a white interlocking NY on the front. And then I have what looks like a traditional navy hat or cap with the interlocking NY, but the interlocking NY is surrounded by roses. And I got that because roses are my favorite flower. Rose is my middle name. And I like wearing it because I get dirty looks from people. Oh, even worse, back in the mid to late 90s, I had a red Yankee cap, like Puff Daddy. He was Puff Daddy back then, right? Because red was my favorite color. And I wore it to the first Subway Series game I ever attended in Shea Stadium. We were sitting behind the Mets dugout and I was wearing my red Yankee cap with a red tank top, khaki shorts. I got really bad sunburn on my thighs and a very strange sunburn because where we were sitting behind the Mets dugout, anytime a hot dog guy or a beer guy walked down a couple of aisles past us, he would block home plate. So I basically was sitting with my forearms on my thighs, leaning forward. So I got sunburn on my arms and on the parts of my thighs that were exposed to the sun. So yes, I had stripes on my legs that lasted basically the entire summer. So that was kind of embarrassing. Thank God I was working a job in the city five days a week and I wore pants most of the time. So no one saw those hideous stripes on my legs. But yes, they lasted the whole summer. Oh, and Derek Jeter nodded at me that day. He was doing his warm-up tosses and I'm pretty sure I called out his name <laughs> and he saw me in my red Yankee cap and he did that head nod that, you know, guys tend to do. And back then I was thrilled because I loved Derek Cheater. As I've said many times, we're the same exact age. So he was like my guy back then. As much as Mattingly was growing up, Cheater was my guy through the late 90s. Then Jason Giambi showed up. I loved him defended him to everyone. Then I started defending A-Rod to everyone. He became my guy that I was ride or die. So yeah, fun times being a Yankee fan, huh? So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Wednesday. Again, recording today, tomorrow, Friday, and then starting Monday, we'll be back to five days a week because the season is just around the corner. Get excited. I'll talk to you all tomorrow.